We're going to go back with the help of the Lord into the book of Philippians. Look with me in Philippians 3, back to our series we've been preaching on the fellowship in the gospel. Speaking of the love of Jesus, is do you realize that the love of Jesus, my identification in Christ, allows me to have fellowship. Fellowship with you in the spirit, fellowship in rejoicing in Christ and his goodness. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that we fellowship together in spirit and in truth. Some of us that drive a distance to come here, it was being said about how many churches we pass as we come over here. But as I've said recently, someone said don't go to the church closest to you, but go to the church closest to God. And when you go to a church that's close to the Lord and worship and truth and preaching and teaching and prayer and singing, we find something special. And that special thing we find is fellowship. The fellowship that we have, what a blessing it is that we can come and we're given, to me, one of the greatest gifts, and I believe the Bible teaches of the greatest gifts that we're given on this earth is our fellowship one with another. Because how lonely would it be were we on this earth in our individual selves, the only one going to heaven? That'd be lonely, wouldn't it? When the weight of the world is laid upon your back and you're the only person going to heaven, how lonely would that be? Now, we have God's Spirit, and we thank God for His precious Spirit. And like His love, that would be enough. His Spirit would be enough. But God has chosen to bestow upon us the ability to fellowship one with another, Christian to Christian, in the gospel of Christ. And we see these in these verses, beginning in verse number 1. He says here, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Verse 2 and 3 will be our text tonight. He says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the, the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So tonight we'll look at the fellowship of true believers. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time and in this preaching hour. We pray, God, that you would just bless us. I pray, God, that you would give us the words. Lord, loosen our tongue that we might preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for who you are. We know that your word will never return void. We thank you that your son Jesus loves us so much. God, we thank you that you loved us, that you wanted to break that barrier, Lord, of communication that under the law we were not able to truly have. But God, you've sent your son Jesus to be that bridge, that cross that bridges us, uh, gives us relationship with you. God, we thank you for your spirit. God, the truth that you give us, Lord, that we're able to be directed. God, able to be uh, told what to do and shown the way. And Lord, that you light our way with your word and your spirit. We love you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So tonight we look at the fellowship for just a few minutes of true believers. And so uh, we know that our spirit bears witness. And there's many of you, uh, most of you, as I look across this building, I can say that I've been able to fellowship with you in the Lord. And I thank God for that. What a blessing that is. A lot of what Paul is writing in the Philippians, the book of the Philippians to the Philippian church, is his thankfulness for the fellowship 
that they have in the gospel. And so what a blessing it is. In this day they were rejoicing for fellowship with one another. And today we should be rejoicing for fellowship one with another. So we'll take a break uh, as we study these verses in verse 2. I want to look at verse 2 first uh, and share with you what's on our heart. Uh, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. And so that that really jumped out at me when I read this and I began to study uh, into that, especially the concision there at the end of the the verse. Uh, But he says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers. What you'll find historically that goes on in the Philippians is you'll find a group of people called the Judaizers. And you'll find that these were Christian people uh, that that had professed Christ, they'd made a profession of Christ, and there were Christian people in the church that had began to adopt and follow the Jewish customs. And so we hear about those things happening and we uh, hear across the nation and, and, and across the world throughout history, you'll find reports that people did that. And, and let me just say that Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law. Uh, he fulfilled the law that we are not able to follow. We don't have to follow the law. Uh, we don't have to follow all these rules. I was talking to somebody and they were talking about uh, how they had been reading through the law and it's like, what in the world? What is this even saying? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to it's hard to comprehend, and it's not because uh, uh, the law was uh, was was wrong or bad. It was God's method of grace to given to His people during that time. But thank the Lord that He has given us and established a new custom. Uh, covenant in Jesus Christ that I don't have to follow these certain rules and regulations that make me okay with God but I plead the blood of Jesus Christ and that gives me Christian liberty that I live and I go and I do and 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 I know where my standing and where my identity with Christ is at all times through Jesus Christ but now that doesn't mean we go out and live like the world all the time I'm going to mess up and I'm going to make mistakes that's inevitable but it's not doesn't give me the freedom to go and live in sin. A.W. Tozer, he said, Christian liberty is freedom from sin, not freedom to sin. Uh, my Christian liberty does not give me a hall pass, if you will. I don't know if they do that anymore, but it gives you the hall pass, uh, if you will, to go sin. I got the spoon uh, so that says hall pass on it, so I'm going to be able to sin. I've been saved. I got the hall pass here, so that lets me. That's not what he's saying. Our Christian liberty that's given through Christ, it gives us uh, the ability to know Him, to love Him, to have His Word, and not have to be so religious and so traditional about all that we do with God. And so we're thankful for that. And he said, but where are these dogs? But where are these Judaizers? But where are these people that they've come, out, come in and, and they have, in their legalistic manner, they have taken God's Word and they've twisted God's Word and they've made something out of nothing. And now they're telling you That in order to be this or to be that or to be a Christian, you've got to follow not only just the the custom and the tradition of the Christian church, but also you have to go back and follow the law. Christ came to fulfill the law. Beware of the dogs. And he says here, beware beware of the dogs, beware of evil workers. And I like what he says, beware of the concision. The next verse he says, for we are the circumcision. We know that circumcision historically in the uh, under, under the Jewish law, the circumcision was the identification of someone as a Jew. That was your way, a, a ma- uh, the, the, male, the, the, the way to identify yourself as a Jew. There was a certain day, there was a certain time, there was a certain method, there was a certain place, a certain person that someone had to abide and follow by through and, and participate in the circumcision to be identified as a Jew. Now, 
Paul says, beware of the concision. He changes that word up a little bit. And what you see in the Greek is he says, beware of the concision. And that word is the katatome. The word circumcision is paratome. And he says, beware of the katatome, the concision. In other words, the mutilation is what he says. Beware of those people that uh, they look like Christians, they sound like Christians, they act like Christians, they seem like Christians, but when you dig a little deeper, it's just, it's just external. They just sound the right way. They just look the right way. They just seem the right way. He said, beware those of the mutilation. They're not truly Christians. They just know what we look like. They know what we sound like. They know what we act like. They know what to seem like. They even know what to smell like. And they're going to do it all. Beware those people. He goes into verse 3, and he says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. And so first we see our fellowship of the circumcision. We thank God that we are spiritually circumcised, that God has come to us and he has changed us and he has uh, 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 taken away the sin from ourselves in a spiritual nature. He has given us uh, this spiritual recognition and the spiritual re uh, realization of our sins that Jesus Christ has taken residence up inside of us if we have accepted Jesus Christ. And so this circumcision allows us to worship God in the Spirit. And so that brings us to fellowship, fellowship in the Spirit. And we thank God for that. And we see this is a common theme in the book of Philippians. And so we thank God for the fellowship that we have in the Spirit. God did not have to allow us to fellowship that way. But God allows us to fellowship one with another. That your spirit bears witness with my spirit. That we talk and have conversation. And when I walk away, I say, that's a good brother in Christ. That's a wonderful sister in Christ. What a blessing it is to be with God's people. How wonderful it is that we've sat together and we felt God move and we've seen God touch and we've seen God's bless. It sticks out of my, my mind. We went to see Brother Danny, the gentleman that went to see Brother Danny. Went and prayed with Brother, Brother Danny about to face a, a, a liver transplant. Not too long later, doctors look at him. He doesn't need to see it. That's God. That's God moving. And the fact that I can feel those men that were there and this church as a whole, we worship together in spirit because God did something I can't do. Because God did something the doctors can't do. God did something that no one else can do. When we see these, these young people saved, we see old people saved. You realize that's something I can't do? If I could do it, I told we, me and Will, we, we were just having a conversation uh, today. We were talking about, uh, talking about baptism and everything. And, and he, he, he was just talking and he said he appreciated uh, that we're, we're going to work with him. As he wants his family to be present. And uh, I said, you know, the thing about it is, he said, you didn't get upset with me when, when I, when I did, wasn't able to be baptized. I said, brother, you don't have to be baptized. Go to heaven. I said, that's why I'm not upset. I said, if that had been the case, I'm, I'm telling his business here. He got saved in, and he was in his bathroom in the shower. I said, if that had been the case, I'd have come to your house at that moment. We'd have baptized you in that bathtub. If, if, if you had to, had to be baptized to go to heaven, that's how, how important it would be. The thing is, I, I, hey, thank the Lord that I don't have all these, these, these religious rules and regulations that I have to follow. What it is, is that I'm identified with Christ, and His Spirit dwells within me. And if you're saved, His Spirit dwells within you. And we experience that feeling together, whether it be of love. I was looking around here 
around the church uh, as we were singing, and I was just thinking about how I love you, and I love you, and I appreciate you. And the fact that, that we go to church together, and we love each other, and we're family, and we're Team Mountain View, and I love you, and I hope you, and I know you love me. I hope some of you do. I wonder. No, I'm just kidding. But how we feel the love one with another. And we feel love that, I'll be honest with you, it's closer than some family. I feel love with you spiritually that I'm like, man, I don't get that anywhere else. The fellowship and the Spirit of God, it's so special. And people, it, it breaks my heart when people won't get in here and feel it. Won't get in here and enjoy it. There's Christian people that won't enjoy it. That's the closest taste to heaven that I believe we're going to get on this side. Is when we have service. Hey, there's some services. It's not as fun because it's convicting. And I, I've done got my toes stepped on. I need to walk away and get right and come back. There's sometimes where God just moves in a miraculous way, and we don't have preaching. Everybody's testifying. There's times where the music is what blesses somebody's heart, and you see a hand raised, you see tears come down someone's face. That fellowship in the spirit. If you're a Christian, God wants us to fellowship one with another. God doesn't want us to forsake the assembling of ourselves. He wants us to come together and worship Him in spirit and truth and feel the love one with another. I thank God for that love that He puts between us. That grown men will look each other in the eye and say, I love you. I love you too. There was a time in my life, even as a Christian, it just didn't, it didn't feel, it felt weird. I didn't grow up like that. love of Christ will make you do strange things, won't it? Make you do strange things. And it's strange to us, and it's strange to the world, because our love and peace and compassion and care, all these things are possessed because we have the Spirit dwelling inside of us. Something come up, somebody said something about somebody in the past, somebody we know and love and went to church with, Shelby, she's quiet, but I'm telling you, she'll tear you limb from limb if you cross people she loves. I am telling you, you better, somebody said something, she said, she put them in their place. Somebody just gossiping, said, uh-uh, we love them and they love us. I ain't going to hear it. I got a little scared. I was like, whoo, glad that wasn't me. But you know what? We should fiercely defend one another. Somebody say something about my family. I'm going to defend my family. I'm the only one who can say about them because we got the same crazy blood running through our veins. It's not the way we should view our church. But you're my people. I'm your people. That fellowship in the Spirit. You don't go to Mountain View, you ain't got no business saying nothing about Mountain View. Amen? Ain't got a bit of business saying nothing about Mountain View. I used to go. I don't care. You used to go there. Come on back. We'll get you straight. My people, your people, together, bonded by the Spirit of God. And it don't mean a thing what anybody else thinks. It don't mean a thing anybody else's opinion. It don't mean a thing. Nothing our fellowship one with another 
and our worship to God. That's what makes a difference. That's what's so vitally important about the fellowship in the Spirit is our love and our fierce defense of each other. The Bible says turn the other cheek. Hey, Jesus, he, he, he talked about turning the other cheek, but also he defended those he loved. Mountain View, it should be your people. That's my church, and I love that church. Those are God's people, and I worship with them every week. Devil, you have no business in here. Devil, you have no authority putting, people, putting junk in people's minds about this church. What did we talk about this morning? Welcoming the hand of God? Making a place... Welcome for God's Spirit to move. Fellowship in the Spirit, that'll do that. But the devil can divide us. The devil, devil wants to break that fellowship. Brother Donnie, I love you, brother. I appreciate you. I, I, I just feel the Lord when I get up and hug you. I thank, I, I thank God for that. But you know what? The devil wants to break that. The, brother, the devil would love to find something for me. I was meant to say this this morning. I call the Sunday morning crowd back in. Devil, try to put something in your mind about your preacher. Hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to self-promote myself. But the devil wants you to find something every time there's somebody. Every time you walk in here, the devil wants you to find something that you can nitpick about your preacher and your preacher's family. I come in here, the devil wants me to look at this. Look at this person. Well, they didn't do this, or they weren't at this. Or that. I'm just being honest with you. I didn't ask you permission tonight. You told me I could get real with you this morning. The devil wants to put stuff in my mind about you. And the devil wants to put stuff in your mind about me. And the devil wants to put stuff in your mind about somebody on the other side. I messed up. Yeah, there we go. The devil wants to mess you up thinking about some kind of nitpicky junk about somebody on the other side of the church. We fellowship in the Spirit. It's one Spirit. The Spirit of the Holy Ghost of God. And either you in or you're out. There's no back or forth. And like I said this morning, one person can hinder the Spirit of God moving. So we must be willing and able, Lord, let your Spirit move. And, that, and realize how wonderful a blessing it is that we can fellowship in the Spirit of God. It's a huge blessing. Closest taste to heaven that we'll see on this earth, I believe. Because we feel God's presence through the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine what it would be like when we feel God's presence in the Holy Ghost and the Son and the Father? And in the fellowship? Man, heaven's going to be pretty good, ain't it? Now, Riley this morning, he's talking about heaven. I didn't tell you the other side of it. Because he went back and forth from, he wasn't sure if he wanted to go. He just wanted to be able to get back. He was fine to go. He just wanted to be able to get back. But I said, son, when we get there, how wonderful that will be. We won't want to come back. The things I'd love to possess, your loved ones on the other side, if they could just speak to you right now, they'd say, come on, hurry, 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 hurry. Come on, come on, you've got to get in here. Come on, I've been waiting. That fellowship on the other side, how beautiful that must be. But God allows us to taste that one with another. And that's why it's so important that his presence is welcome here so that we can continue to fellowship in spirit and truth. And a church without fellowship in spirit is dead and dying. 
And there's churches that every pew is filled, but there's no fellowship in the Spirit, and they're dying. You say, well, we're just a, we're just a little church. Hey, we will work with what God gives us. And if just this group in here is fellowshipping in the Spirit of God, we'll be all right. And if this is the only number that's ever here, or we dwindle down to just a few people fellowshipping in the Spirit of God, God's still going to be God, God's still going to be good, and fellowship's still going to be great. We just have to be satisfied with the fellowship that we have. Now, I want everybody that comes to Mountain View Baptist Church to feel that. But church, we've got to pray, Lord, let them experience that. Let them see that love. Let them see that forgiveness. You know one thing I've learned at Mountain View? I've seen in a lot of you your forgiveness and your willingness to work with people regardless of whatever. God will honor that in a church. Well, we didn't see eye to eye on this. I don't really like that, but you know what? It's none of my business. I'm going to back out of the way. I've seen those kind of things. I know that's a little uncomfortable to talk about, but I'm just being honest. God will bless this church for that. If we can, that's a spirit of unity is what that is. And if we can maintain that, if we can hold that, if we can keep this fellowship that we have in the spirit of God, we can light tuxedo on fire for God. Been around here long enough. Tuxedo. We're setting up our website. I'm going to chase a rabbit. I try not to. Setting up our website. And I specified. Now, Told, told our, our wonderful Miss Allison that's setting up our website, I said, it's tuxedo. It's tuxedo. Because I'm from Leicester, and when people say Leicester, I know how it feels. So it's tuxedo. See? Unity right there. Everybody's saying amen. That fellowship in the spirit. The joy we have. We can laugh. We can love. We can hug and pat each other on the back. Pick each other up when we're down. What a beautiful thing we have in fellowship of spirit. I got to hurry. They just don't schedule enough time in on these services, I think. We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. We have unity and we have fellowship, but it should be all for one reason and one purpose. And that reason not being the preacher. That reason not being the music or, or the events and the things we can plan and we do, but that being Jesus Christ. And a church that will keep the cross of Christ at the forefront of their mind in everything they do will be successful. Successful is not putting a balcony in and blowing a wall out, buying land. That's not what... People get that in their mind. A lot of people, the American church, the problem with the American church is they're running it like a business. Now, there are business decisions that must be wisely made to operate a church. But also, unlike our business that we do out in the world, there is a spiritual aspect that weighs in much heavier in this church than it does anywhere else. Now, we are to make smart and wise decisions. Leadership of the church, deacons, pastors. We're to make smart business decisions. And as a church as a whole, as we vote on things and as we do things, I believe we, we, we work together on these things. And, and it's important that we do these things together with unity. And God will reward us for making smart business decisions. But God will reward, reward us more than anything for making the cross and preaching Christ, first and foremost, the mission of this church. And that's just the facts. I, I'm excited to see what God is going to do at Mountain View. I'm excited to look back in five years and ten years and look back and say, do you remember? Do you remember those days? 
There's people in this building that remember the other building. Uh, there's, there's people in this building that remember the, maybe the first building. And it's amazing, I'm sure, to look back and say, look at what God did. Remember where we used to meet. Remember that little building. Remember that buck stove. Remember, remember how it used to be. Remember the, the snow on the ground. Remember uh, Miss So-and-so. And remember they're testifying. Remember the preaching. Hey, as long as the Lord tarries, things are going to keep on going. We need to have things to look back and say, remember when God did this. Remember when we fellowshiped together like this. Remember when God blessed us like this. And that all should circle around and point to Jesus Christ. We have fellowship in the Spirit. And it should all be pointing back to Christ. Not anything anybody can do. You say, you say that a lot. We need it, folks. We need reminded that this thing's all about Him. It's not about me. Paul talks about falling out to the furtherance of the gospel. Things falling out to the furtherance of the gospel. I'm learning that this Christian service and Christian ministry, and, and I, especially as I moved into full-time ministry, I've learned to realize that there's a lot of things that's going to fall out to the furtherance of the gospel. And if I'm not careful, they'll just fall out. Well, I lost time here. I lost this there. I, I, I had to go uh, to the hospital at this time, or I had to go to this funeral at this time. And if you're not careful, you look at all these things. I lost some time. I lost some money. I lost some this. I lost some that. And if you're not careful, it'll just fall out. Let it fall out to the furtherance of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that I have somewhere to go. People ask me, you, got, you do something this weekend? I got some at the church. You're always doing something at the church. Praise God. Praise the Lord, we got something, something to do, somewhere to be, somebody to see. You'll never regret coming to church. You, you go to the end of your life, and I guarantee you, you're not going to look back and think, man, I can't believe I wasted all that time taking my kids to church. You'd be a fool to think that you'll regret that. I bet what you will regret is all, reg, Elmer Fudd in here, I bet what you'll regret is the times you didn't take those kids. I bet you'll look back and say, my goodness, what is, what's gotten into them? What are they doing? You may regret that you didn't do more. You may regret that you didn't walk closer to him, the one that hung upon the cross. But you won't regret church. You won't regret fellowship. If it's all about Christ, you'll find no regrets in your service to him. The last part of verse 3. We are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. You know, this talks about humility. Humility. If I can find my notes from our grow class. Jesus said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. To the world, we're not, we're, we're foolish. Why would you go spend your, your, your last day of the weekend at church all day? Why would you go do these things? Why, why are you so dedicated? You give money to the church? You know what I could do with that tithe money? I could make a boat payment with that tithe money. I'd be afraid to make a boat payment with tithe money. I'm going to be serious with you. You give money to the church. 
you're going to go be in a Christmas play? Isn't that kind of cheesy? Hey, we didn't sow as professional actors, but I'm pointing you to Jesus. You won't find that at the best play on Broadway. You mean you're going you're gonna to go sing? Why would you embarrass yourself like that? I don't know, but I'm telling you, when I got hooked up with these people, and I started fellowshipping with these people, and they started pointing me to Jesus Christ, and I got something saved. I got something they call being saved inside of me, and I accepted him as my Savior, and I turned my life over to Christ. I started doing crazy things. I started giving up that money I could use for something else. I started giving up that time that I would use going somewhere else. I, I, mean, I thought I was done about to preach. I, I started using all these things that I thought that, that were mine and I possessed and I held on to. I started giving them to the Lord, and they started falling out to the furtherance of Christ, and I'm okay with it. Because I'm never going to regret my time given to God. I'm never going to re regret bringing my children to church. I'm never going to regret being faithful in my tithing because God has provided over and over again. And you're satisfied with that little house? You're satisfied with that little bank account? Yeah, even the banker looks a little surprised when I go to make a withdrawal. But I've had everything I ever needed. And I've been satisfied because I have been humbled by the word of God. I've been humbled by the truth of Christ. I've realized that God feeds and provides and gives to the the babes and my rewards not in on this side it's on the other side we have no confidence in the flesh guess what about all those things it wasn't me it wasn't me it was Jesus Christ it wasn't me and these people that spend their time just you go watch, hey, I like movies, but I'm just saying, you go watch some movie about a wizard, you can't even fathom in your mind that God works and God moves and God blesses. Go watch a movie about a space ninja, but I can't believe that God would come and, what? You know why? Because following Christ requires things to fall out to the furtherance of the gospel. Being entertained by the things of the world, it does not. I have no skin in the game. Watched football yesterday. I have no skin in the game. Yet, my heart pounds. When Clemson's about to lose to Wake Forest, my goodness. I have no, no skin in that game. Think Dabo Sweeney knows my name? They say Josh Boyd. Somebody said, said this to me recently. Josh Boyd died. He wouldn't know who I am. Who's that? Oh, he's a Clemson fan. Sad to hear he went. Sad to hear he died. Hey, things of this world, they have really no meaning at the end of days. So the things that it requires of me to be a Christian, and I believe those days are coming. It's going to require more and more and more. Separate the wheat from the chaff, I'm telling you. You know what? We, my whole life, maybe have thought that we would just see a day where people got so cold on God, they just don't care and they stop coming to church, and that's happened a lot. But I, hey, we may see a day where pe Christians are persecuted. That's what keeps people out of church. I ain't going. I ain't getting killed. Separating the wheat from the chaff. These things have fallen out of the furtherance of the gospel because I have no confidence in the flesh. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do that can afford me what Christ can do. He's the only one.
He's the only way. He's the truth. He's the life. No man, no man cometh unto the Father but by him. People get to God. They think I'm going to get to God and I'm going to pull my visa out. God don't take visa. If I got a Discover card, ain't nobody takes a Discover card. You get one. I got one. They don't try to pay for something, stand there in a line somewhere. Oh, we don't take. God, God don't take visa. God don't take Discover. God don't take good intentions. We don't accept that here. I got a lot of good intentions. Well, hold on. Let me get my works out. Got my works right here. We don't, we don't accept that. If you really push me, I got some money. That's the last thing people want to bargain with. They don't want to part with their money. We don't accept that. What do you accept? We accept blood. And not just any blood. We accept the blood of Christ. The only way you bargain with God, the only way you deal with God, the only way you stand before God and come out of it without fear and trembling, knowing you face an eternal hell, is the blood of Christ. That's why I have no confidence in the flesh. And as you progress in that spiritual walk, things of this earth, they mean less and less. Even Clemson Tigers, they mean less and less. 